0: Good morning, welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer, and happy Thanksgiving to you on this Thanksgiving morning. We have so much to be thankful for, and I hope that even after this message today, you'll have more to be thankful for. This, of course, in, if you're coming from another country, this is our Thanksgiving Day, a day set apart here in America for the sole purpose, ideally, of giving thanks to God. And we'd like to talk about that some. We've been talking about it all week giving thanks to our God. At our house, I don't know how you celebrate Thanksgiving. Let me give you a few tips on what we do at our house as we get together. The family comes together, and we have a lot of kids and grandkids, and it can be a bit chaotic, but when it's time to get together for the meal, we, we uh, join together, and we sing a song. Usually we will sing the doxology or something like that that we all know, a simple song to sing, praise God from whom all blessings flow. Then will uh, I will share a scripture, and often it is um, Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, forget none of his benefits. You might say, by the way, back in that song, you don't know how to sing. Well, you get a lot of people singing, it'll be okay, and give it your best. doesn't have to sound perfect, but it's nice if you at least start on key, if possible. The key to that is practice a little bit beforehand, whoever's going to start reread the Psalm 103 or some other scripture about thankfulness and the blessings of God. Then I say a blessing, and I thank God for the blessings. and I try and make it a little bit special prayer. Remember some of this both eternal, spiritual, as well as earthly blessings for which we are thankful in the name of Jesus Christ. Later in on, I try and get the kids aside if I can Sometimes it's hurting them as an issue, but I try and get the kids aside, sit them down and share the Thanksgiving story. It's so important because history in our day and age is being, uh, you know, the question, our history of our forefathers. Were they good people, heroes, or were they villains? Indeed, the divisions in our country, some people try and paint them as villains, oppressors, Conquerors, things of this nature, and they just look for the negative. They look for the bad, and they and they exploit that in them because, to be honest, they don't like our country and they hate our 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 heritage. I believe our heritage is beautiful and godly, and some of the people who hate our heritage it's a reflection of their attitude towards God. And those of us who love God, I believe, really need to to defend and protect the the reputation. Not that they were perfect. I mean, you're not perfect. Do you know anyone's perfect today? I can find a flaw with anyone I want if I so desired. I could even find a flaw with the critics if I so desired, right? But what what we see in, in our in our forefathers in so many cases were heroic people, often guided by God. I'd like to share a little bit about our history and what I share with the children and with our kids and let the adults listen in. We, if we don't learn from history, we'll repeat it. If we don't honor our history, we'll lose it, and I think we have a history worth preserving in our country. So what happened? The the pilgrims were a group of religious people, Christian people, born-again people. You read about their beliefs, and you would think, man, I could fit in with them. Now, you might not dress like this in this picture here that's called the Embarkation of the Pilgrims and this is when they're leaving holland there were 102 of them left holland 37 of them were pilgrims 30 or 65 of them were what we'd call strangers in other words the crew the people would help them survive the, the crew that run the ship and so on the 37 pilgrims had previously they'd been from a church in england where they had been persecuted because they didn't—they didn't believe in the church hierarchy. They were—they were more informal. They met in simple meetings. They didn't believe in in all the the the, the Catholic or the Church of England either one. And so they were people that um, they were people that had a very simple form of worship, very simple form. of Wanting to get back to what the New Testament taught. Indeed, as I look at what the Pilgrims taught. I would think I agree with them on just about any everything other than they were they believed in infant baptism which we do not practice we practice believers baptism but they were persecuted because they weren't lining up with the church of England or the roman catholic church they didn't follow that hierarchy and so on and so they fled to holland the netherlands where they lived about 10 years but then they had another problem in the netherlands there was quite it was quite tolerant they weren't persecuted there per se at least nothing like they'd been back in england but the the culture was very so tolerant it was kind of unbiblical it was pretty wicked pretty evil pretty a lot of sin there and so they were concerned about how this tolerant sinful godless culture was beginning to influence them and their children so they left England to avoid persecution. They decided to leave Holland to avoid the worldliness that was infiltrating their lives in the church. They wanted to come to the new world to create a colony, maybe we'd call it today a church plant, that would be honoring to God, and they'd be able to raise their children and family in a way that was honoring to God. They began their trip in July. What was it? July twenty second of sixteen twenty, and it was only supposed to have been about a month trip. It ended up being sixty six days. They were blown off course. They were supposed to have landed in Manhattan. They kept being blown off course and landed up in in Plymouth, Massachusetts. It was a tough time. A lot of them had to stay underground under under deck in the ship. A lot of them got seasick. It was pretty smelly and stinky and diseased down in there. It was a rough trip, but they they were it was born into sacrifice. This nation was born out of tremendous sacrifice to even get here. but it was quite the hand the provident hand of God that they ended up up there in Plymouth because if they landed where they were supposed to have landed, the most of the most of the East Coast had Indians that were hostile to any settlers coming from. Europe. But we'll see here in just a minute that Plymouth was an exception. Now, before they landed, they signed something that's known as the Mayflower Compact. The Mayflower Compact was the first governmental document in the, in, in the New World. The first document stand. How does it begin? It's really interesting. Having undertaken for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith, a voyage to plant the first colony in the presence of God and one another, We covenant and combine ourselves together into a civil body politic. They wrote that shortly before they landed. That tells you where their heart was. Why did they come here? Gold? No. Riches? No. Even escape persecution? They'd already escaped the persecution. But they made it clear they were coming here for the glory of God and to advance the Christian faith. The first permanent settlement, there had been attempts like Jamestown beforehand, but the first permanent settlement here, Jamestown didn't survive. The first one that did survive, the pilgrims, did so for the glory of God and advancement of the kingdom of of the Christian faith. I see here that some were saying that um, uh, uh, Tracy, who's a regular with us, that her grandfather was a stranger but had been to the New World before, so they took him along. Yes, the strangers, that's what they were called, the 65 others that weren't of the pilgrims. See, the pilgrims were all from the same church. They were all coming for their religious reasons, but the strangers were the ones who could uh, guide and protect and do the ship, help them survive once they got here. Well, like I said, the Mayflower Compact was the first government document worth reading. It's very short. I think it's only like 100 and some words or something, 140 words maybe, very short. But it it laid out the purpose of why this country was founded, the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. I believe that. I believe there's something special that they had covenanted with God, and God honored that request. Not every country was founded for that purpose. I believe ours was. Continuing on, what happened, they were blown off course. And so in late uh, October, late September, they landed up in Plymouth, and they were about to face a very harsh winter. They were running out of supplies. They, didn't, they, they, they were in big trouble, except for one thing. There was an Indian village there, and it was discovered it was deserted. There was no one there. Now, like I said earlier, most of the East Coast had Indians that were hostile to settlers. But this was the uh, a place what had happened. The entire tribe had been wiped out by disease maybe a year or two earlier. and so they found and 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 they had all these provisions, all this that had been stored for the winter, they found it, and they may not have survived without this, but what as it was, there was that they had provision. That was given, that was, we believe, provided by God as a result of this tribe having been wiped out by disease previous to a year or two, three years prior to the pilgrims arriving. All that being said, it was a harsh, harsh winter. Half of them died. Disease, starvation, the cold. It was they were unprepared for it. Had it not been the provision that they discovered, probably all of them would have been wiped out. But as it was, some provi- some survived. That following, after that winter, lo and behold, one day they were introduced to an Indian. First, an, uh, an Indian had walked into their village, and a few days later, he brought another friend of his called Squanto. Squanto happened to be a young man, probably a boy, who had been actually captured as a slave, I believe, 12 years earlier. And had been taken back to capture, taken back as a slave to Europe, where he was converted to Christ, learned the English language, and after the, this number of years, was was his per, freedom was purchased. He made his way back to the New World, was trying to find his village, and found they were all there was no one there. It was they were all gone? They'd all died of disease. But he walked into the Pilgrim camp, greeted them in English. And he was the, the one sent by God who was able to teach them how to farm the crops in the new land, who was able to teach them uh, how to catch fish, how to fertilize. And it was his efforts that enabled them to survive that next winter. Just imagine that. Probably, it may be in the entire new world. Here was a Christian young man who knew how to survive had the same faith and could speak english what are the odds of that happening this was the provident hand of god was it not as a result of that time they became they were grateful for what had happened they decided to have a celebration that that first the, their one year anniversary even though half had perished they decided to have a celebration they'd gotten their crops planted now they'd had a harvest now They'd, they'd begun to meet the the local Indians. There was a peace treaty that lasted 50 years. And they inv- there was 50 of the original settlers left. They invited the Indians to come join them for Thanksgiving. Lo and behold, they brought 90 people with them. Talk about some extra guests showing up for dinner that you weren't quite planning on. 50 of them, they, they thought maybe there might be a handful and there were 90 came. They ended up having a three-day thanksgiving celebration they engaged in games they they had contests shooting arrows shooting guns making friends and indeed the the indians brought with them plenty of food and deer and so on for that first thanksgiving since that time we have had it was in abraham lincoln in 1863 who made this a national holiday right in the midst of the civil war where there was so much to be unthankful for, so much suffering going on, but declaring, let's have a national holiday. States had all been, many states had been celebrating Thanksgiving before then, but on different days. Thanksgiving is our oldest common celebration. It had been celebrated since the 1600s and became a national holiday in 18. 18- 1863, and indeed every president now declares a national holiday, one of our special national holidays. It can easily be all about the food and the football and the friends, and these, these are things you can enjoy. Nothing wrong with any of that, obviously. Enjoy your dinner. Enjoy your family and friends. And if you like a football game, that's fine. But make sure that you do some things to keep Christ central. And like I said earlier, sing a song, read a scripture, say a prayer, share this story. Even watch this video if you so desire, but keep uh, keep Christ and be thankful to God. Keep Christ central and be thankful to God. Father in heaven, we bless you today. We thank you for our nation. We thank you for our founding. We thank you for those who braved such uh, difficult times, and those who survived. So many had perished that very first winter, and we thank you for their faith, their simple faith. In Jesus Christ, their desire to live holy lives, their desire to advance the Christian faith, their desire to plant a colony—dare we say a new, a new land, a new society—that would be honoring to you. We thank you for them, Lord. Wow, we are—we we stand in our nation. We do stand on the on the shoulders of great men and women of God. They were simple people. They had probably had no idea what they were starting. And how, who would have known that this great nation would have grown out of their simple, courageous faith? We thank you for them. We pray, Father, in our land today that we would remember and celebrate how you worked in that small band of people to start our nation. We're grateful. We know blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. We pray for our land, once again, our nation, to rediscover the faith, the simple faith, the courageous faith the the faith in Jesus Christ that once again our nation might become renewed in this desire to be a place for the glory of God and advancement of the Christian faith. We pray, Father, that those who want to distort our past or those who want to lead us on a different path, we pray they would not prevail, Lord. And sometimes it seems as if they are, but we thank you that you are the sovereign God, and even as you allowed those pilgrims to be blown off course Land exactly where they did, where they could survive and not be massacred, where they could find supplies. We thank you. We thank you for squander. We thank you for your sovereign hand. Oh, Father, if we only saw how you're working around us, the things that, that we may not even notice in our time, but someday our eyes will see how you surrounded us with goodness and blessing, even in times when it seemed so negative or so so bleak. We thank you for what a good God you are. You love us. We love you. We dedicate ourselves freshly to loving, to following you, being followers of Jesus Christ. We bless you in Jesus' holy name. Amen, amen, and amen. Hey, folks, so glad to have you along. I have one other thing to add. I was. We talked a, a week or so ago about the importance of having good conversation in, in Thanksgiving and talking and listening uh, this morning, I, I ran across some good questions to talk about over um, over th- 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 Thanksgiving dinner that don't involve um, uh, politics or crypto <laughs> and uh, current, current events or so, but are more personal. I'm going to post some of them in the description below today, some things you can talk about your Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, maybe they will help have some positive, encouraging, uplifting conversation focused on on blessing and goodness that God has brought your way or the way of your family members. So I'll post that within the next few minutes. If you're live, it'll be up in a few minutes. If you're watching later in the day, it'll already be there. And if you're listening to the podcast, you'll have to go to my YouTube channel and check it out. Just search Tom the Preacher on YouTube. So if you're new today, welcome. I'm glad you're here. I hope you do subscribe and join us regularly because we're here every day, 8.30 a.m. live, or you can watch later in the day, or you can listen to the podcast on the Apple, Spotify, or Google platforms. Just search Tom for Tom the Preacher. So, for all of you who are here, I'm thankful for you who are here regularly. I love you guys. Thank you for the community. Thank God for the community that's developing here. And I thank you for the encouragement you give me every day to know you're allowing me to bless you with the Word of God. So, until we meet tomorrow, might you have a wonderful day. Might be filled with joy, thanksgiving. Might God give you triumphs today. If there's difficulties, if there's troubled relationships, if there's some heartache or pain, maybe some people even you've lost in this last year, this is a painful day. Might God still give you comfort, joy, and a sense of prevailing victory. Until we meet tomorrow, my God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow. I love you. Bye-bye.